welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 38, The Iron Giant. Hello, Kristen. Hello, David. Hello, Hallie. Greetings, David. And hello, listeners. So The Iron Giant is a 1999 animated science fiction action film, which is not by Disney, which I think I called last time, but in fact, it is by Warner Brothers. It was directed by Brad Bird. He's also directed Ratatouille, The Incredibles, and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, among other things. But this was his first movie. Good for him. And it's based on the 1968 sci-fi novel, The Iron Man, by Ted Hughes. Yes, that Ted Hughes, poet laureate of the United Kingdom and husband of Sylvia Plath. Which, I guess, in addition to being a poet, he also wrote children's books and the occasional sci-fi novel. Who knew? Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I saw in the trivia that they were like, he wrote this to help cheer up his children after the death of their mother, Sylvia Plath. And I had had no clue that Sylvia Plath had been married or had kids. So it was a learning moment. Yeah. He's a famous poet. And also the author of the book that this was based on. The Iron Giant stars... The voice talent of Vin Diesel, Eli Marienthal, Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr., Christopher McDonald, and John Mahoney. I know Vin Diesel and Jennifer Aniston, and I think I've heard of Harry Connick Jr., but I thought he was a singer. Who am I thinking of? I have no clue. I have also have heard the name Harry Connick Jr., and maybe I've very well seen Harry Connick Jr., but I have never put those two pieces of information together. I also can be of no help to you. I don't okay. know. This is this is where our pop culture knowledge meets the meets the edge here. I am not. Anyone okay. knows sure. who Harry Connick Jr. is? Just tweet us a picture of him. Yeah. No context. Don't even say his None. name. Yeah, I think he might be a singer and an actor, which is a thing like talented people do. Yeah. Like freaking talented people lasted birth. Yeah. So maybe maybe he's both. We'll, we'll assume he's both. The Iron Giant did poorly at the box office. This is like one of the few that we've had recently that actually was not a box office smash. Yep. It grossed only $31.3 million off of its $50 million budget, which is not great. No, it's not. It ah. makes me really sad. Yeah. However, it was still nominated for several awards, including 15 Annie Awards, which is like the big animation award. And it yeah. won nine of and it won nine of them, which is really good. But in the decades since its release, it's become sort of a cult classic and is now regarded by many critics as a modern animated classic. It is. So history been good to Iron Giant, even if it lost a lot of money. Which is fine, because money is not everything. Well no, but like but like nobody more animated movies should be made and more animated movies would be made if people went to see them in the theaters. So I would really like for animated movies to be making at least whatever their budget was so that more can continue to be made. Yeah. The Wikipedia says something about Warner Brothers' unusually poor marketing campaign, they, which they, I'm, so many I'm not sure exactly what that means. Abysmal I read... Campaigns. 
on IMDb. So again, I have no clue whether this is factual or not. But there were two things that could have possibly contributed to its worse uh, job. I don't know. It didn't do as well at the box office. One of them is that it came out the same weekend as The Sixth Sense. Although, you can easily be interested in both movies, but I don't think that, like, that target demographic overlaps a whole lot. So, I don't know if that actually contributed. But another one was because of the poor marketing, because, for example, Tarzan, which came out, I don't know if it actually came out around the same time, or if they just used it as an example, but that had been... Like, advertisements began about a year before it was released, whereas with the Iron Giant, advertisements only began about four months before it released. So, not a whole lot of time compared to other movies. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, it says on the Wikipedia again, um, an IGN article states that they that Warner Brothers just didn't realize what they had on their hands, that the movie was really good and um, that that was a big part of why they didn't put together a good marketing strategy for it. (sighs) If only they had known. If only they had known. Yeah. So in case it's been a while since you've seen it, the iron giant is the story of Hogarth Hughes, a smart and imaginative young boy who skipped ahead a grade at school and has no real friends. He lives with his single mother in the town of Rockwell, Maine. The year is 1957. Sputnik has recently been launched. And the Soviet-fearing nation is terrified with outer space on everyone's mind. One night in October, a strange object crashes to Earth, sinking the boat of town kook Mr. Stutz, who claims that he saw a giant metal monster. Deciding to investigate, Hogarth heads out to the forest near his home, where he discovers the Iron Giant for himself, a 50-foot-tall robot who feasts on metal. After saving the giant from electrocution when he tries to eat the town power station, Hogarth befriends the robot, teaching him some rudimentary English and attempting to hide him from the locals. However, the government is called in, and a paranoid federal agent named Kent Mansley arrives to investigate and possibly destroy the extraterrestrial a feisty squirrel, some chewed-up cars, and a beatnik artist who plays a much bigger role in this film than this intro leads on, the Iron Giant. I thought he was taller than 50 feet. He looked way taller than 50 feet. I think I think at least more than that, yeah. As a person who has no concept of height or distances, I'm going to say 70 feet. 50 feet is like, is like the drop on Splash Mountain, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's, he's like taller than Splash Mountain. He's probably like double a Splash Mountain. Yeah, like a hundred. I'm calling him a hundred foot giant, or at least eighty six foot giant. Eighty between eighty six and a hundred. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I I stand corrected. Yes, you Kristen do. Kristen is remarkably good at celebrity heights. Okay, that's so. a begrudging fact. I will admit. She's good at celebrity heights. And the Iron Giant counts as a celebrity now. He counts as a celebrity. And all I'm saying is I spend a lot of time guessing people's heights. 
So but you did need my Splash Mountain info. That helped put things into perspective because it's kind of like when your GPS is like, in 300 feet, turn right. I have no concept of how much 300 feet is. Absolutely none. I have to look at the picture every time. It's because feeder is stupid metric. I hate them. Yeah. I also anyway, anyway. have never, I've, I, have I mentioned that I've never been to Disney World before or Disneyland? You probably have. I yeah. think so. That I feels don't know. pretty on brand for you. I don't know what a Splash Mountain is. It's a it's a great ride. I'm looking forward ride. to the um uh, uh oh god, what's it called? What's it called? Princess and the Frog version of it. To the Princess and the Frog? Yeah. It's time. It is time for Splash Mountain to be something other than Splash Mountain. It was yes. time when it was built, but it's like especially time now. Also, I really like how the like just before the drop, everything becomes kind of like unhinged and crazy. And I think that they have a lot of good potential with the black lights and the Dr. Facilier like vibe. Yeah. So like, I'm hyped. That's gonna be so cool. That setting really lends itself well to Splash Mountain, and I am just so excited to see what they come up with. Does this help you at all understand what Splash Mountain is, David? No. Okay. Your loss. <laughs> it doesn't. You're lost. We're not seen... gonna we're not gonna offer you any more context. It's about okay. fifty feet tall and it gets a little bit crazy at the end. Yeah. I think Princess and the Frog is lumped in with all of the other Disney movies that are oh, on. Oh, is it okay. Is it like yeah. number it's the okay. Yeah. Good. Because it should be on yeah. there specifically. I will I will make sure that it is. Good. We should do a catching up David where we go to Disneyland and ah! I'm just gonna wander around and experience ah! it for the first time. Disneyland Don't and Disney World that. are different, but also I so desperately wanna go to Disneyland because I wanna go to Cars Land. Why? Which is which is better? I have never been uh, to well, Disneyland, Disney... so I can't weigh in. Well, Disneyland is just the Magic Kingdom. It was the what? first one that Yeah. It's I didn't very know small. That. It's like just the Magic Kingdom with maybe an extra like couple adjacent lands but he but he wanted to expand which is why he bought the one in florida so disneyland is very small and is like one self-contained theme park but you go because it's the original and because it's classic or you just happen to be in california disney world is the really big one with all the different parks that you go for like the full week-long experience or just a few days you could do that disney world is great i was there when i was five and 18 both times had a lot of fun. Went on very different rides. I was a very fortunate child and got to go every year for spring break when I was a wee one. Uh, we couldn't afford it as much when I was a teenager. And we've had to cancel our last two family Disney World trips because of COVID-19. We were Rona supposed to go. strikes again. Yeah, last June, and at that time when we canceled, we tentatively rescheduled for this June. That's still not happening. And now we are tentatively rescheduling again for, like, winter? Like, we'll see where things are at in, like, Dude, yeah. you know what's the best time? They recommend going to Disney and Universal. Uh, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but like specifically the week after Thanksgiving, and that's when I went to Universal a couple years ago, and it was amazing. Like absolutely the longest line we had to wait in was 40 minutes, and even that we could be like, um, that's a little bit long. We're gonna take a lap, and we'll come back here later, and see if like, you like, have brought yourself down to 25. It was amazing. To turn, 
your nose up at a 40 minute wait is ludicrous. It was fantastic. And the weather was like in the 70s and everyone at home is cold and unhappy because it's like 35 degrees here in Chicago. But it was great there. If I ever See, I go want... back to Disney slash Universal, I'm absolutely going at that time frame. No one can ever get me to go in summer ever again. See, I want to go during like a weird off time, but my family has so many people who work for the school system in it that we have to go over spring break or in the summer or shoehorn in sometime after New Year's, which was our tentative plan. Say, screw the school system. Yeah, I would love to say screw the school system. We're going to Disney. But I don't have any power within my family, so that doesn't happen. You should just say, sorry guys, I'm going when I want to go. And then you and Emily and Rita can go when you want to go. And not have to deal with small children. Been really close to just, like, making a spreadsheet of what that would cost me. Do it. (laughs) I'm gonna. You can't stop me. I already have materials pulled up on my tablet. If you need someone to help split the cost, I will go. I will not communicate with you at all on the trip because I don't want to be on vacation with you. I just want to go to the place you are going. We'd have to have two separate rooms, which would be an expense. I refuse to share a room with you. I would share with Emily or Rita because they are delightful and you are not. They would choose me over you, maybe. There's like a (laughs) 50-50. Maybe. David, we should go to Disney World without Kristen. She can phone it in. What? That sounds great. That sounds great. We could record I... we could record does... from our hotel room and call Kristen. And... Why does why does one third of catching up David not get to go to Disney? Because you're the worst third. I'm the best third. The little women quiz told us no, this. No, you're not. You're not Beth <laughs> and you're not <laughs> Clarice. God. I am both. Anyway, David, it's great. Highly recommend. Love I've, Disney. I've heard, I've heard that it's great. It has that reputation. It's a, Yeah, it's got a pretty good reputation, that Disney World. Yeah. For being a happy place. The happiest place, in fact. Indeed, on Earth. Yeah. You see, now you're just, I just, I, now you're making me sad because I want to go. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Yeah. I uh I bought concert tickets for the first time in like Ooh. two years. It's for what? it's for next March. Okay. <laughs> they um so they scheduled Yeah, they scheduled it for um a long time in the future. But I got an email that these tickets were going on sale and I jumped on them because I I'm so desperate to go to a concert or like <laughs> do anything. Right. So I would I would love to go to Disney just just to like get out of the house. My you know. friend is getting vaccinated, like her second dose, uh two days before I get my second dose. So our 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 two week thing is going to align almost perfectly and we are already like we gotta we gotta order dinner. We gotta get a fancy cake. This is the first time we are able to properly see each other in over a year, so we're making a whole thing of it. Yeah, that. And it's just to like sit great. in her house and watch movies, but to sit in a place that is not my house sounds extraordinary. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I then really... soon we can all sit in David's apartment again. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Catching up David World Headquarters. <laughs> That'll I'm definitely looking forward to that. Man, so we'll expect too. HQ to have been updated since we last left. <laughs> So, should we talk about personality quiz? Probably. Yes. We should probably discuss the animated movie that is not a Disney movie. <laughs> not After a Disney movie. 15 minutes talking about Disney World. That should Has all no cut relation. out. You won't cut it out because you never cut things out, but you should cut it out. <laughs> I cut some things out. <laughs> Did you probably cut the this. thing out of Princess Diaries that I wanted you to cut out? Because I don't listen to the episodes because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But did you cut out the thing that I requested you to cut out? I'm sure I did. Yeah, now I'm not so sure based <laughs> on what Hallie says. I don't remember what it was. But if you were like, hey, cut this out for real, then I probably did. I don't know if I said for real, but I said it twice. So you know that it wasn't a like, ha ha ha, lol, cut it out. Joking, joking, fun. The second one yeah. means it's joking, joking, I'm dead serious or i'll rip your face off yeah no that's how it progresses anyway listeners did i cut the thing out (laughs) let let us know on twitter (laughs) let us know i can't remember send that with a picture of harry connick jr yes please have have a picture of harry connick jr saying the thing that Kristen wanted to cut out in like a little (laughs) in a little speech bubble if I put it in there, and if I didn't, just have him say, like, dot, 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 and have there be no other text. That's what we want Only from you, Only you can listeners. discover this for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, uh, thanks to Hallie, we took a personality quiz, because I couldn't find one. I spent a long time searching Google for a personality quiz, and I Hallie took, like, 30 seconds. And yeah came up with one so um the quiz was kind of whatever it was it was kind of whatever but like very predictable answers you knew when you selected your answer exactly which character you were like i I found one you know that's what counts yeah no it doesn't actually we have one so who'd you get hallie me i got i got dean mccobbin the nice. one I wanted. He was the result that I wanted because I love Dean. Casual and sarcastic, you like making art, even if people don't seem to understand you. You also have a good heart and are ready to help your friends. That's me, Dean. No, it's not. It is. Those the words apply to me. That were that are underneath this picture of him holding a coffee cup, which I have been known to do on many occasions. A rare breed you are. I know, yeah. It's like a really singular personality <laughs> trait that Dean and I share that further cements our unique connection. Who'd you get, Kristen? I also got Dean McCoffin. I'm casually <laughs> <Damn> sarcastic. <laughs> you like making art, even if people don't seem to understand you. You also have a good heart and are ready to help your friends. And it, the text is beneath a picture of Dean holding a <laughs> coffee cup, a thing that I am sometimes known to do. Yeah. You've never held a coffee cup in your life. 
<laughs> Who did you get, David? I got Annie Hughes. Ooh, a plot twist. A different one. You got Annie. Sweet and loving, you worry a lot for the health of your loved ones. You are also very down to earth and don't believe in all the incredible things that some people can relate, which isn't a sentence, but I get what it was going for. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe in all the incredible things that some people can relate. That's not a, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just need to no. look at it a certain way and you'll find true meaning. Yeah. In the you just need to start believing your friends when they tell you things. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Sweet and loving. Worry a lot about the health of my loved ones. <laughs> I've, I've spent a very long time doing that uh, during the pandemic. You so, have. Yeah, I'm basically Annie Hughes. Yeah. Look, I like I like Annie. She. I think she suffers a little bit from like mom character slash only female character with a name syndrome. But like, I like her. Yeah. She's a good yeah, noodle. Yeah, I like her too. Yeah. Yeah. So, seeing it for the first time, since this was also your first time seeing The Iron Giant, Kristen, I wanted to start with you. What yes. was it like? I thought it was pretty good. Like, a lot of difficulties with uh, animated children's movie. I guess we're calling it a children's movie. I don't know. Animated movies that were popular when you were younger and then watching them again is that I always feel like I expected there to be another layer or something else going on and there isn't. And it's not that it's a bad thing, but you just sort of, I don't know, you wait for something else. I don't know. So this this sort of had that same thing where the movie ended and I thought, huh, like obviously things happened, but... Like, there was an A plot and a B plot, but was there a C plot? I don't think so. Ish. Anyway, not to say that it was bad. I did enjoy it. I just felt like there needed to be a little bit of something else. But I did love how gentle giant the Iron Giant was. It made my heart sing. And then when he said hello to the deer, and then I became irrationally angry when the deer died because I was like, why <laughs> do you always need to have a dead animal in a movie? No one wants this. This is for children. You should be better about this. Even though it had a good message and it came back to play a role later on in the movie... I was displeased. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. I'd probably give it, like, a seven. Seven's pretty good. Actually, I heard somebody on um, on Twitter had mentioned that they use a scale from one to ten for things, like, how serious is this problem at work? Mm -hmm. Except you're not allowed to say seven. And I like that a lot. <laughs> because seven is, like, I would say probably... 75% of the time when somebody is searching for a number on a scale of 1 to 10, 7 is the one that they land on. It's like the most Are you allowed to say number. like 7.5 or 7.1? Is it just you can't say 7? Think, because what if it truly is a 7? I think that's I think that's cheating. I think I think you go with 6 or I think you go with 8. Okay, it's not a 6 and it's not an 8. It's a 7. And I think it's really rude of them to exclude an entire number 
really what I think they should do is say, think about it. Is your seven actually a seven or is this just your go-to number? Think about it a little bit more. And then if it still is a seven, congratulations, it's a seven. Mine is a seven. Okay. But is it actually a seven? Yeah. Okay. Do you give it a not seven, David? I would give it an eight, even if I was allowed to give it a seven, I think. Hmm. I like I like this one quite a bit. Tell us why. Well, I mean, going into it, I didn't know anything other than the fact that a giant robot was involved. And I assumed it was a giant space robot, because that's where giant robots tend to come from. But that was just a guess. But I didn't realize how much of it was set in, like, the historical 1950s with the Red Scare and Sputnik and everything going on. Yeah. But I thought that that was a really great backdrop for a children's sci-fi movie. Like, I felt, I felt that it did have a lot of extra depth to it. Like, it's not no, just it had about... extra depth. It's not that it was missing depth. It was missing... I think I wanted, like, a C-plot. And not that every movie has to have one. But I think I was waiting for one. And that made it seem about... like there was an absence. What about, like, the subtle romantic subplot between Dean and Annie? That's, like, so subtle that it's basically an E-plot or something. <laughs> That's not a C plot. That's an E. Two scenes if you count them getting together. I don't know. Every time they're they're in the same room, they're always like looking at each other. All like two times they're in the same room together. They're together a little bit more than that. Like there's the diner. There's the scrap. Yeah, there's the diner. There's the scrap thing. There's when Dean shows up. When the robot's in the town, and like, oh yeah, Dean's really concerned about Hogarth, and Annie's there, and everything. Like three times, you got me. I don't know. I don't think like the movie needed to have them like go on a date and fall in love and everything, but like, no, I think it didn't. There, there was enough. It was, there it was, was so enough subtle. there that like I think it was sort of a C plot. It was I like, subtle I like... and it was fun and I enjoyed it, but it's it's not a C plot. There was no actual plot there. There was just them, like, having flirty banter. Which is fun. And I like them together. It's not a C-plot. That's an E-plot. So, I don't know. I thought... I thought that being set in the time period that it was, like... You you don't only get, like, Hogarth and the robot. There's also, like, international politics and fear of the unknown and technological things going on and, like, all of that sort of spinning around in the background while we're focused on the 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 A plot of like Hogarth trying to hide the robot. There's all these other things that are swirling in the background that I thought were really great and kind of understated and well done. And I also I'm glad like... you both liked it. It was important to me that you both like it. Yeah. Even Kristen. I... <laughs> yeah. I really love the animation style, too. Like, I don't have the vocabulary to talk about styles that I enjoy versus ones that I'm more medium on. But this one was really working for me. Like, It's, yeah. It's kind of stylized. It's really colorful. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's floppy. 
that's not a real term. That's just what I call it. Floppy because of the way, like, the hair moves. Yeah. And, like, bodies can be very ragdoll at times. Like, the movement is very, is very fluid and loose. I don't know. I also don't actually have the vocabulary, even though, like, 90% of what I watch is probably animated. I just, I just think it's very distinctive and fun to yeah. look at. I appreciate yeah, I like... that. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that of the style, I appreciate that each character has their very distinct shape and appearance. Yeah. No disrespect to the Frozen style movies of the world, but like Anna and Elsa have like the same face. Whereas here, uh, the military redhead FBI guy whose name I forgot, he has a different look from Dean, who has a different look from the general who comes in. And Hogarth, you can tell, looks different from the other kids. And we don't really see that many other women in the movie. But Annie looks different. Like, they all have different face shapes and features that are accentuated. And that isn't super common in animation these days. It is. Not, it is. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. There can be a lot of, like, flash to i guess flash maybe to things like frozen and other like wholly computer animated movies but it just doesn't feel as like warm i guess and not because it's frozen that was not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah it doesn't feel as warm and i think it's because this one is mostly hand-drawn with like there's some computer animation for the robot and some other bits but I don't know, maybe that's just what I like about it, like the hand-drawn quality of the art. You can totally tell hand-drawn versus not hand-drawn. There is just this, like, inexplicably human quality to it that I love yeah. so much. According I just watched to IMDb, another... uh, the animation for the Iron Giant himself was, you know, like, computer-generated, but they actually went back and sort of added very slight warbles and wiggles in the line to help it maintain that 2d animated hand-drawn look so i thought that was God, very I nice love it. nice being consistent i cut you off david what were you gonna say yeah oh i was just gonna say i watched another animated movie the other night which is what movie um, it was a french movie called i lost my body which Ruh-oh. um I have is on netflix and it's also hand animated but Ooh. it's like it's like a love story kind of interspersed with a weird plot about the severed hand that's crawling across Paris looking to be reunited with its body. And, hmm. you know, okay. the hand gets into adventures and fights a pigeon and some rats and stuff. And, like, I don't know. I like the hand parts more than the romance parts. But, um, anyways, it was it was nominated for Best Animated Feature, like, last year, I think. And... It sounded really weird, and it was pretty weird. So, I lost my it, body. It's on Netflix. We're not talking sounds about like that. I'm movie. gonna look it up. An animated romantic version of Idle Hands. Have you seen Idle Hands? I haven't. No. Oh, interesting. That's a movie from. That's got to be the '90s. It has young Jessica Alba, and it has Seth Green, and it has. At least one other name who I know I would know if I saw it today. But 
somehow uh, a dude's hand gets uh, severed from his body. And then the hand is, like, walking around, causing mayhem. I think it's set around Halloween time. They're undead about. It's a fun time. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. This was a little bit more artsy. I imagine so. It sounds more artsy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not Not like, not like. Holy Motors artsy. Though actually our friend just sent me a text that the guy that directed Holy Motors has a new movie coming out. So <laughs> stay oh, tuned. Good for Is that, that gonna guy. be the movie you have us watch for fifty? We'll uh we'll have to see. We're getting closer and closer to fifty. I uh oh, wait, we're inching our way there. This is uh yeah, this is thirty-eight. Okay. So it's twelve, 12. movies. We're closer more. to that's like, fifty. That's like than six we months. Six months 25. to go. Yeah, six months to Dill Davenstein. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, I really I really like this one. I thought that you know, I like like I said, the animation st- style. I thought there were a lot of like really funny understated lines in the movie. I think my favorite is when Dean is trying to buy the guy's tractor. And he's like, thanks for the scrap. I can't pay you more, but it's got this large bite out of it. And the other guy's like, that's why I'm selling it. It's got a large bite out of it. <laughs> the way that he pauses, like this large bite out of it. Like he's really trying to think of some yeah. other way to explain it. And he just can't. I think this movie is really good with um, off-screen humor like that. Like it doesn't show you what's funny until the last second. Like I had forgotten about the scene when Kent Mansley like, puts down the toy rifle he found in the in the woods on his passenger seat and then he goes oh my god and it backs out because half his car has been eaten but you don't know that when he gets into the car yeah fantastic camera work love it hilarious i laughed very very hard because i'd forgotten about that but also because kent mansley's voice actor is very funny oh my god i love the way he says it i really enjoyed when hogarth and kent had the like standoff across the hall in their different rooms and then we see them drifting off and I like that when we see Kent wake up he looks over and he sees that Hogarth is still in his bed but then Hogarth walks by and is like morning Kent and that's and like we still see little tiny shaped there I don't know I that part in particular charmed me a lot it's a very pleasing uh physical gag yeah so one thing I wanted to ask you about before we get too much further, the Wikipedia summary of the novel says that in the end, the Iron Man befriends a young boy and quote, defends the world from a dragon from outer space. <laughs> Are you pro or con space dragon? Would that oh. have been a better ending? Um, this, this is, th- well, pro or con seven. <laughs> because 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 like did you say seven i did i said seven no only i can say because, seven because like i think that the ending of this one is like perfect like i think the movie which i would give an eight as well um does fall into a very tropey kind of kind of thing but it does its trope so well that I don't really care. And that's, like, kind of what I'm signed up for by the time the ending comes along. Like, yes, show me the good robot. 
sacrificing himself for his human friends because he's a good soul. Yeah. So he's like, and, and like, you know, it's a, it's a, he's Superman, and it's a nuclear missile fired by America when they're all worried about Russia. Like, there's, there's, you know, there's a meaning to the end of that plot, and I think it works really well, and I really like it. So, like, no. But also, so like, a dragon from space sounds really, really exciting. But I don't think it would have worked for what the movie was. Which kind of, I don't want to say it tried to legitimize the Iron Giant, but I really like the backdrop, too, against against the Red Scare small yeah. town with all the nuclear videos and the and the bomb shelters and and that kind of thing i don't think the space dragon jibes with that setting that it gave the movie and i would probably choose the setting and the backdrop over the space dragon no matter how much it pains me to say that yeah kristen how do you feel about a space dragon is that the C-plot the movie is missing? No, because it would have become... It's too big of a thing to shove in there as a C-plot. I am very Team Space Dragon. However, I think knowing the movie as it is and how it progresses, it's hard to imagine also shoving a Space Dragon in there without it being like, oh yeah, there's a Space Dragon, by the way. Or something. And... So I think the book, I heard the book was very different from the movie, and I would be interested in reading the book, especially now that I know that there's a space dragon. That is a big selling point, so it's a pro for me as a person, but given how the movie already goes along, I don't know if it would be, it it wouldn't work. Knowing what we know. Mm. And, alternatively, this is... As Hallie likes to call it, a 90-minute movie. I say as Hallie likes to call it as if it isn't like a 90-minute movie, but it is. But I know that you're implying it's a good thing. I know that I'm saying you like a 90-minute movie. I'm saying that if this had been like a two-hour movie, they probably could have fit in some Space Dragon stuff. Because that's easy to have it, like, sprinkled out over the course of adding a couple minutes to the movie. But I think with the 90 minutes and with the Iron Giant coming and then meeting Hogarth and then trying to hide each other and then the government coming in and the whole missile and obviously I'm assuming the whole missile thing would have been replaced by the dragon. I don't know. I'm talking in circles. If it had been two hours, stick the dragon in. As is 90 minutes, I think it could have deterred from the overall message. Hmm. Space dragon. Pro yeah. or con, David? I really do like space dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what that would actually be, but I don't know. I like this movie a lot, but I would also like to see a movie that had a space dragon. Like in the Did you guys watch the original edition or the signature edition of the movie? I have no uh, clue which version I was watching. What is the difference? Because it it kept saying that there was like the signature edition and I don't think I had the signature edition because I saw that they mentioned briefly summarized one scene that was in the signature edition and I did not see that when I watched. So the signature edition has a 
the Iron Giant has a dream at one point oh. that is beamed to Dean's television. Did you did you see that scene? No, no, I did I've not. Never but heard that sounds that scene. great. Okay, and I've seen this movie several times, and I okay. and I've never even heard of that scene. I feel wow, big fan betrayed. Well, I watched no, the signature edition, what? so I I got fan. to see. So the Iron Giant has a dream that's a brief flashback to what the Iron Giant's homeworld is like, and mm. yeah, apparently it's only it's, you know, the signature edition is like two minutes longer than the original or something Mm -hmm. but yeah so you get a a glimpse of the giant's home that has a bunch of other robots that are all like him and they're all going to war against something and then the planet gets destroyed so you never really find out why like how the iron giant wound up on earth or anything like that but you get to see sort of like the world that it came from and kind of how it's why it was built to be a war machine or whatever, kind of like it is. That would have been nice to have seen. I yeah. don't think that it's a flaw that we don't know much about where the where the Iron Giant came from or why it has so much artillery, but I would have loved to see that scene just from a movie standpoint. I don't know. I, I just want to see it. I, don't, I do yeah. think it would have not... I mean... That's not shoehorning something in either. That's just like, you know, a dream beamed to a TV is like a really clever way to deliver that kind of emotional exposition. Yeah. I would have loved to see that. And I'm going to look that up. Soon I'm, pretty, as we're done. I'm, I'm sure it's on, on YouTube. I'm sure it's somewhere. You yeah, have to send I just, me the link when you find it. Fine. I will. I will do. I just, I just searched YouTube for iron giant dream sequence and Ooh. there it is all minute and 20 seconds of it or whatever send it so listeners you can do that youtube search and it'll come up but yeah i appreciated that in the i guess in the original you don't even get that flashback but i appreciated that you only get this really brief scene about what its home is like and you never find out like how or why it's on earth or what it was fighting against or built to defend against or whatever like in science fiction i'm always i'm i'm rarely interested in like the why of things and i'm much more concerned with like how that affects people in their actual lives which i thought this movie did really well like i guess it would be more like humanist science fiction rather than technical science fiction like i don't i don't care how the spaceship works or whatever i'm a lot more invested in the the humanity and the personalities of the people on board the spaceship. And that makes sense. Yeah. So I thought that this did a really good job with that. There's another, I um, think so. there's a, a Swedish artist by the name of Simon Stalinhog or Simone Stalinhog. Maybe it's spelled like Simon, but I don't know how they pronounce it in Sweden, but I love his art a whole lot. And this movie reminded me a lot of that. He makes paintings that are set in like alternate history 1980s Sweden, I guess. I think it's called okay. like retro futurist, which I think is hmm. kind of I think that would be a, a term that you could probably apply to this movie as well. But I it's would, all all yeah. his art is really tied to a specific place and time, but also features like robots and stuff. Like what if there were 
robot things that existed in a warm painting of 1980s Sweden. Like, if that sounds interesting to you, definitely look it up. Yeah. He has a project called Tales from the Loop that's really incredible. And I highly recommend that everyone look it up if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. I will have to. Because I'm a big big robot softy, which is, I think, part of why I wanted to watch this so much is i love wally i love baymax i love anything that is a robot and is a thing that baymax isn't metal and hard and whatnot but you know computer and it's supposed to be He's sort of cold and calculating and then the, and then they're not wally just wants to hold someone's hand baymax is Easy. built to like help people feel better and the iron giant was built to be a gun and that's not what he wants. He just wants to say hello to this deer, and he was deeply upset when it died. And it, is a it warms my cold, dead soul. Classic tale, and I love it so much. What really gets me about the the deer is that, like, when he thinks uh, when he thinks Hogarth is dead, he immediately stops touching Hogarth because Hogarth yelled at him that one time when he was touching the deer too much when it was dead. Like, he only pokes Hogarth that one time, and then he drops him because he remembers it's a bad thing to do. Yeah. And it just, like, makes me really sad and emotional. And that robot is so good. I feel like I've read somewhere that his eyes were not originally those beautiful giant orbs, and I can't imagine any other design decision. No. For that robot. I think the eyes are really, really great. Yeah. It also lends itself to a lot of, like, really beautiful scenes. Like, when he's in the forest and you've just got, like, in the corner of the screen, like, the top right, like, there are, there's the little dome of his head and his eyes light up. Yeah. Like, there are a few times like that where you get to see him just, like, hanging out in the background and either his silhouette or just, like, a piece of him. And then there's the eyes. Like, it's, it's just so good. So I, yeah, after the movie was done, I went to Etsy and I typed in the Iron Giant because I wanted to see what people had made. And it is really nice because you see him towering among the trees and usually it is a silhouette and his eyes. And it just works really well. And it's there's usually like sunset scenes, although one of them was daytime and him flying Hogarth around in the car. That was great. But yeah, it was beautiful. Had quite a few uh, good movie posters. I put one in my shopping cart so that I can consider buying it for a long wow. amount of time. I'm happy to hear that. Are you? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Punch you? Kristen, I need to know what your thoughts on Dean were. On Dean the Coppin. The person um, Dean who is also me. McCoppin. Dean McCoppin. Good old Dean. I thought he was fine. Really? I think you're yeah. lying because I because you said that because I said that you would like him a lot. No, I think you oversold it. Because no. I was expecting to like him a lot. And I didn't <laughs> dislike him, but I don't know. He he continued to improve. Not that he had to improve, but he started fairly neutral and just slowly 
climbed as the movie progressed, but by the end of the movie, I wasn't like, oh my god, Dean McLaughlin, move over to Dashi on the Disney Prince bracket. Well, I didn't think that, I didn't think you'd, you'd move over, what is his name? Tadashi. 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 I don't know why I like Tadashi so much. Uh, I didn't think he would unseat Tadachi from your weird. Did you say you didn't? You don't know why I like Tadachi so much. I do not know why you like Tadachi that much. What do you mean you don't know why I like Tadachi so much? Because he's like fine. He's not Dean McCoppin, weird loner adult. He's better than Dean. Strange art in in his junkyard and can't sell it to anybody. I don't know. He was he was fine. I didn't dislike him. He was entertaining. He had some good lines. I like I that Hogarth really just shows him. up. I like that Hogarth just shows up and he's like, all right, do you want some milk or something? Like, I don't know. <laughs> he just rolls with it and then they hang out and then he protects Hogarth from uh, Iron Giant when Iron Giant acts out in defense. So I like him, but he's all right. I think that you're lying. I'm not drawing any hearts around his picture. How strongly you felt about him just to get one over on me. I don't nope. believe you. Nope. Not lying. I don't believe you. I never lie. I only truth. Yeah. Well, I thought Dean's character was great. Yay! Yeah. I, I, mean... I, I like Dean. I've only come to appreciate him more as an adult. Like, I also yeah. thought he was fine when I saw this young at a younger age. But every time I rewatch, I'm like, God, Dean, living your best life, man. Yeah, he seems like the sort of side character who'd usually be used as a stereotype for like a gag or two and then never be heard from again. But he's actually like a huge part of the story. Yeah, like surprisingly so. We have not discussed him hardly at all. And he was only at the end of your summary. And yet he is like a major character. Yeah. And, you know, he he plays a huge role in, like, protecting the Iron Giant by pretending he's just another of his sculptures. And he bonds with Hogarth and, like, winds up dating Annie at the end of it. And, like, I don't know. He's really... I wish that more movies had, like, rich and unique side characters like him in their supporting casts. I just thought, you know, the... He's got so much going... Like, the beatnik artist, he's got his little soul patch... But he yeah. and he makes and the sculptures out of junk that he gets at his junkyard. Like he's got, he's got so much going on with him, and he's like witty and does have some good lines. And like, I did really like the scene where he bonds with Hogarth and like gives him espresso, and then it's like, oh god, what have I done? That's a really cute scene. <laughs> like, uh, because of the eyebrow raise that he gives Hogarth when he says he drinks coffee. And I really respect that he knows, of course, Hogarth does not drink coffee, but he's like, I'm going to give this, like, 11, 12-year-old some espresso, just because, because I'm cool like that. I, um, I went over to a professor's house when I was in grad school, and, um, we were going to, we were going to watch football or something, like, me and a couple (laughs) other people, and I went into the kitchen, and he, he asked if I wanted anything to drink if i wanted some tea or something i was like sure i'll have some tea and he's like oh i've got this coca tea and i was like okay 
is it have caffeine? <laughs> and he was like, no, it's like coca leaf. It's like, and he made this like hand gesture that's like, you know, it's not caffeine. It's like, huh? And I was it's, like, it's the other, it's no, the other no stuff. thanks. I don't want that. <laughs> um, that's, I tried to give you drugs. Yeah, that's not surprising with this <laughs> professor. But <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I got I got the impression that that would have been me on coca leaf tea <laughs> had I accepted that that offer. I did like Hogarth during that because he's just complaining about the other kids in the class. And he's like, if you just yeah. did the homework, you'd be fine. I do the homework and that's why I'm doing so well. And which is great. That's I relate to that. Like, I love that he's not, like, he's a smart kid, but he's not, like, a child prodigy or anything. I really love that he's like, I just, I just do the homework. I just apply myself, and then everything's fine. Yeah, I thought it was a really great scene for, like, exposition, too. Yeah, Where, like, we get to find out what's, what's the deal with Hogarth, and why he doesn't have any friends, and, like, you know, I think that's the scene that we learned that he skipped a grade, too, and, like. It is. You know, we, know we find out. We find out so much information about him from him while he's like super hopped up on caffeine. So it's it's funny, but we're also learning a whole lot about the situation that we didn't know before. It's just excellent stuff. I love it very, very much. Yeah. It's a, it was a really good a really good way to to get all that information out there without like you know we we had gotten a scene where like the kids were being mean to him at school or whatever, but we didn't really know anything about the situation. So it was good. It yeah, needed I... it needed some explication and I really loved that choice to uh to to give that information to the viewer. Good work. Good work, Iron Giant. Yeah. Uh what did you think of uh Kent Mansley? Because I also love Kent Mansley. It's funny. Those were the two characters that I'd written down to talk about on my yes! outline were Dean and Kent. Yeah. Yes. I like, I mean, I like his character design a lot too. How he's very excitable and kooky like Mr. Stutz is, but turns dangerous because he's in the government and it just like yeah. happens to be in the position to call in the army to blow things up if, if he wants. Like I did like the parallel between like he, him and like the guy who is labeled the town kook. Just like how similar they are, but like nobody believes Mr. Stutz at all. And then Kent Mansley shows up and is like the the villain, but still like really paranoid and into crazy stuff. I don't know. I didn't think of the specific parallel with Mr. Stutz. But I just, I just like that Kent isn't really that scary most of the time, but he has real threat behind him. Like, he's, Kent Mansley worked for the government and all that applies. Like, he clearly wants to, like, impress you. And I really love the scene where he's trying to question Hogarth over and over and he calls him, like, a billion different nicknames. Slugger, champ, chief, like, classic yeah. villain stuff because he's so aggravating in that scene but he's not really threatening and then he chloroforms a child and you're yeah. like okay super you're a weird bad dude 
Like you are very willing to go to these to these depths that we haven't seen yet, but are totally viable that they're there. I I really love Kent Mansley as a villain. He's like the perfect combination of fun and threatening. Yeah, like sinister, but it doesn't. But yeah, not like that's a better word. Not like snidely whiplash sinister. Yeah, he's, he's like he's. It, it's it's more it's more like insidious than that because yeah, because of his job basically like if he was just some random guy that lived in town nobody like he's nothing he's, he's nobody but he's can't, because like, i can shake he, you by putting some laxatives in your shake you're nothing to me yeah but because he happens to be from the government and he's like a federal agent like he's suddenly really scary because of all the all the power that he has like he he's in a place where he can grab the walkie-talkie and have a nuclear missile fired on yeah. the town. He just grabs that. What is wrong with him? Like, ah. The general was very loose with him. I was, uh, like, obviously all that stuff needs to happen for plot and movie. But, uh. Yeah. He's, yeah. He he has, he had some clearance he should not have had. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. He's just... He's going to grab it. He's going to lie about Hogarth being alive so that they keep firing on the robot because he's afraid that Russia launched that first satellite. I don't know. He's just, I really, I, I like Kent Mansley a whole lot. How did, how did you feel about Kent Mansley, Kristen? He was fine. God. <laughs> the worst. Just a like, solid again, seven out was, of ten He villain. was entertaining and I do like all the energy that he has and especially when he wasn't particularly taking it seriously until half of his car was eaten and then he was like ho 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 there is something afoot here in this town and he was pretty determined and you know power to him not good that he chloroformed a child we don't encourage that but I think it does a good job of showing how he's willing to go to extremes but at the same time he had just been this dude who was hanging out in Annie and Hogarth's spare room. And now he's with the military and making, you know, the big push the big red button, launch the nuclear missile onto our hometown thing. I don't know. It seemed like it kind of jumped the gun a little, jumped the shark. I don't, I don't know exactly what term I'm using, but he was fine. He was entertaining. He's like a six point eight. Because you can't say seven. Maybe a six point five. He's fine. Wow. I like the Iron Giant. I'm here for the Iron Giant. <laughs> and I like Hogarth. He seems like a fun kid. I would like to give props to whoever decided to name the kid Hogarth. Like yeah. that's such that's such a good name because it's a bad name. I'm sorry if you're listening and your name happens to be Hogarth. It's just not one of my favorite names, but I think it's very unique and fits that kid. I really liked the gag that the rifle has been chewed off and all it says is hog hug. Hog hug. Hog hug. And then it's like, hog hug, hog hug. And he's like freaking out when he's driving away because he's just like, who names their child Hogarth? <laughs> Why would you do that to your child? Which are my thoughts on the name of Hogarth. But like writers, yeah, name your characters Hogarth. That's great stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, hog hug. I was hoping hog that hug. somebody would 
I was hoping that somebody would bring that up, and then they did, and it was great. It's like I don't know. Have you ever seen The Tick? You've not seen The Tick, right? The the cartoon. I know the Tick. Yeah, there's um one of the early episodes. There's a villain named Chairface Chippendale, and he's just he's just a guy that has a chair for a head. Um. Anyways. Yeah, his um his big villainous plot is he's gonna write his name on the moon with a giant <laughs> with a giant laser. He's got this giant laser and he's gonna write his name on the moon. And he gets he and he like starts doing it. He gets the C and the H and the A and then the tick stops him. But then for every other every time you see the moon in every subsequent episode, there's the C H A carved into the moon yeah. with the space laser just hanging out in the background there it is that's so, fun i like I the continuity yeah it's really great it reminds me of of hog hug the the shot in the moon anyways the tick is great there's a there's a live action version of it too which i've seen like an episode or, or so of and it was fine but i had it recommended to me before. take cartoon big part of my childhood <laughs> I've, I've been talking about a lot of things that are not this movie today. That are not in fact the Iron Giant. Um, yeah. So I do want to, Chris, you mentioned that when Kent does the push the red button, grab the walkie-talkie thing, it does feel yeah. like jumping the gun. And I agree, sort of. The thing is that I, th- I both feel like the scene is a natural escalation and what was always need what always needed to happen from a plot and a character perspective but i also can see how that was moving too fast and i think one of the movie's only weaknesses is that sometimes it's not quite sure how to escalate the trope that it's otherwise handling so well like i don't really like the scene mm-hmm. when um when the giant like shoots at hogarth and dean's like get out of here because like it is maybe two seconds after he leaves that dean's like he was firing in defense and like i get it i guess what you have laid out for me makes sense dean didn't see that hogarth was playing with the gun and then he he put it together after that whole debacle but i also just feel like it doesn't give dean enough credit and because that happens so fast after the giant leaves. I'm like, like, uh, come on. I right. I just felt like there needed to be some space for the proper escalation that kind of thing needed. Even if a scene where the giant accidentally almost hurts someone and then flees into the woods was always needed for this kind of story. I just feel it like just, it could it have just... cut to some, even like a miscellaneous scene at the diner just to show that some time had passed. Yeah, and then Dean discovered that he was firing in defense. Uh, it was, was that. Somehow... It was the fact that again, no one ever seems to trust this Kent guy. Like people aren't taking him super seriously. Even his bosses, and and I understand the concern about like, oh hey, there's this giant alien metal monster here. We should be taking that seriously. But they never took this guy seriously before, and they still don't now. They're still skeptical of him. But somehow he still has put himself... It, I, I believe that he, as a person, as a character, wiggled himself to be in that position where he could grab, you know, this lead military man's uh, walkie-talkie and say, fire the thing. 
but I don't buy that other people necessarily would have trusted him enough that they wouldn't just grab their walkie-talkie right back from him. And then also when the general was like, uh, you know where that's targeting, right? The 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 Iron Giant, it's gonna hit exactly where Where's that is. Where's the giant, Mansley? Like, oh. And then he just that's tries to make this though. very, like, cowardly getaway, and it just felt very... That all yeah, rushed like, to me. Same with the chloroform. Like, up until now, he's just been, like, staring down this 10-year-old kid and asking all these questions and phrasing it as champ and doing, like, fairly decent groundwork. But then suddenly he just does this. It felt like it went from not 0 to 60, but, like, I don't know, 30 to 60, or maybe 30 I'll to 50, but, but but fast. There was no progression from 30 to 50, I'll just 30 to 50. Defend that instance just because I feel like the very sudden shift really worked for me. Hmm. And I thought it was very cool. But, like, there are some smaller moments where it does feel like the movie doesn't quite escalate the way that it should, even if the rest of the, the, rest of the plot is handled beautifully. I don't know. I think I agree with Hallie. Like, the, the sudden shift it just kind of, it worked for me. It's kind of like in Frozen, where the prince suddenly turns evil. Like, I don't know. It it comes it comes out of nowhere, but it's, like, scarier because of it. Like, it's just this person that has seemed ridiculous the whole movie, and suddenly he's, he's chloroforming a kid. He's, like, using, I don't know, he's using, not power exactly, but, like, he's asserting his maybe it is power he's asserting himself over him hogarth gave him the information because he sufficiently threatened hogarth with you know we're gonna take your mom away or take you away from your mom which is scary to a kid or anyone and he had sufficiently scared him got the information out of him got him in the palm of his hands and then suddenly was like oh this is all a dream except immediately when Hogarth woke up, went back to talking about the very thing that he said this was all a dream, I'm like, then what was yeah, the point of that? Like, you had this kid exactly where you cool. wanted him, you said it was a dream, and then immediately tossed that out the window without any prompt. He was just like, haha, you're not leaving this house. Like, okay, playing it real cool there, I see. Also, going back to the Frozen thing, I... <laughs> I'm always so confused when people are like, I was so surprised that Hans turned out to be evil. Did, were people surprised that Hans turned out to be evil? Were you genuinely surprised, David? Kind of. I mean, yeah, I think I think I was surprised. It's. I mean, it's been a while now since I've seen it, so I don't remember exactly. But I don't think, like, in hindsight, it made perfect sense to me. But at the time, I think I was still like, Wow, that that's an evil thing that you're doing. I didn't exactly <laughs> see that coming. I think the Hans twist I think the Hans twist is is out of nowhere just because the movie itself doesn't give it away. Like I also watching was like Hans, you're you're up to no good. You're a, you're a scallywag. But <laughs> like I kept expecting the movie to, like, linger on Hans's face just a little bit too long to show some kind of grimace or something like that. And the movie doesn't. 
which is like cool like i'm glad that the movie doesn't give away its own twist even if the twist isn't like a mind-blowing thing into something audiences were expecting the movie still has fun with it and then and allows it to come out of nowhere as it were so that the villain is is scarier by comparison also hans and kent look alike they do redheads they're evil yeah but tall uh, redheads no i guess i'm just confused because I didn't buy that he was necessarily evil, but they had set up that Anna and Hans were engaged, but then she spent all this time with Kristoff, and there's very clearly, like, Anna and Kristoff together, and I was thinking, okay, so there's no way that this Hans is, like, actually a contender, not when we have Kristoff here, so they've got to find some way to knock him out of the picture even if it's as innocent or as harmless as like ah oh, you know we just we rushed into this too fast it's not gonna work but also like clearly the 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 suspense and the plot and everything was thickening and we are reaching the climax of the story and there was there had to be something else that was going wrong and so even though i didn't necessarily think hans is evil when he turned out to be evil, I was like, ah, oh, there it is. That's fun. But I, I was not in any way surprised or shocked. And then people are like, it was such a surprise. And I say, was it, though? When you think about it, was it? And that's not me trying to be, like, snooty, like, why didn't you think this through? I was just puzzled because that was never my experience. But it seems to be so many people's experience. And those are my thoughts. I don't know. I think I was... Like I said, I think in it, it was one of those like surprising yet inevitable things that um that in hindsight, like as soon as it happened, it was like, Oh yeah, of course, that kinda makes sense. But I was still surprised. Maybe I'm just like a gullible person. <laughs> I think that's I think that's probably more what it is. You but... were just like this nice prince only wants to help and has no ulterior motives. And to be fair, I mean, he, he wasn't like necessarily he really... planning on killing Anna. It was just that the opportunity presented itself. And he's like, sweet, two for one. He seemed like he really loved her, though. Eh, anyone can fake it. <laughs> Maybe I'm That's just not nice, as jaded. That's a nice, happy outlook I have. Maybe instead of being gullible, I'm just not as jaded as you are, Kristen. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Are there more thoughts that people have on the Iron Giant? I think I have talked about everything that I wanted to talk about, which was mostly Dean and Ken. Yeah. I think there were there were other things that I had thought about, just like, you know, the Iron Giant and then other technological fears from Russia that had to do with both space and Sputnik and, like, nuclear weaponry and everything like that. And, like... Mm-hmm sort of the parallels between the Red Scare and mutually assured destruction and the Iron Giant's, like, defensive weaponry. Like, he, supposedly he's he would only turn violent if he's faced with a threat, but then he turns, like, very violent and tries to totally wipe it out. Like, he can't he really help himself. And then, His like... His emotions are threatened. He's sad. Yeah. He turns into, like, so many guns. Yeah, it's... Because he's sad. That's what happens when you're sad. You turn into a lot of guns. 
I you haven't experienced it, then you haven't been the right brand of sad yet. Yeah. And there's probably, somebody's probably written a paper on it or something. Just like all the different ways that the movie deals with the Red Scare and other like Russia things going on at the time, which I know a little bit about just from learning about it in high school, but I'm not an expert on. So yeah, um, my knowledge on it's that something era, I it'd be yeah, in it's that something era. I'd be interested I find it fascinating. in. Yeah, it's something I'd be interested in reading about, but I didn't do that beforehand, so I can't say anything intelligent about it. I just thought that um, I don't know the the giant robot from space. I think has a lot of metaphorical potential for um, the Cold War. And that was that was a final thought that I had. Um, so yeah, should we talk about the next episode? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for next time, one night in Japan, during what appears to be a meteor shower, something crash lands on Earth. Yes, again, it's another one <laughs> of those movies. Instead of a giant robot, however, tiny aliens with little drill-like heads arrive and quickly take over the townspeople by entering their brains through their ears and noses. One of these aliens tries to possess a boy named Shinichi while he's sleeping, but he wakes up with it halfway up his nose, and the alien burrows into his arm instead. The two form a psychic link, and the alien transforms Shinichi's hand into a vicious shape-shifting claw. The two of them join forces to stop the other aliens from eating the brains of Shinichi's schoolmates and neighbors. And anyways, none of this matters. This whole intro is about the manga Parasite, with a Y, which I half read a few years ago, and which I assume is very different from the Oscar-winning <laughs> film Parasite, with an I, which we're watching for next time. I don't know anything about it. I do sort of hope that there are some aliens involved, because I'm always down for aliens. But I don't think it has anything to do with Parasite, the manga. That was a fun one, David. I liked it. I yeah, was wondering. it's a fun, it's a fun manga. I don't, I don't think, I think this is the only manga that I've ever started. I didn't get all the way through it, but somebody had recommended it to me, and I was like, shapeshifting aliens. <laughs> I could read a few pages of that. Yeah, so, yeah, Parasite. Yeah. I think there's a Parasite. Parasite. I think there's a movie based on the manga, which is not this, which I get again cannot stress enough. I know nothing about. I've seen like commercials for it and the commercials are super vague. Like they show like different, like kind of moody angular shots of like a family. And it makes me feel kind of tense, but I don't know anything that happens. <laughs> and I'm excited to find out. Cause, That's uh, also what That's I know the... about it. So. Oh, have you not seen Parasite either? I have not. I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay, this is... I watched it um, earlier this year. Uh, and that was another movie that, yeah, I knew absolutely nothing about. And I think it's really fun if you go in completely blind. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, this this week was Kristen and I had not seen Iron Giant. Next week, Hallie and I have not seen Parasite. So, yeah. Kristen, you will have to be our guide. And so I shall be. All right. You have to find the personality so for... this time. <laughs> that'll be for next time. And um, until then, so long, Hallie. So long, David. So long, Kristen.
So long, David. Have a wonderful evening, or whatever time you're listening to this. Yeah. I hope that you are all staying safe and having a good time out there in the internet land. <laughs> um, Don't forget to send us the picture of... Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. With ellipses, if David <laughs> did cut that thing that I can't remember... <laughs> or if he, or the dialogue, if he did not cut that thing. Yeah, a quote of something personal that Kristen said. I also can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was probably about Taylor Swift. It wasn't. I remember exactly what it was, but I'm not going to say, which is how you know it's a true <laughs> test. <laughs> Great. Great. Okay. So looking can't forward wait. to that. Yeah. And um, until then, so long. Bye.